So one of my favorite things that I've noticed about parenthood, uh, it happens a lot over the holidays, actually, because there's so many holiday parties and gatherings that you seem to get a lot of parents and a lot of kids together in the same spaces frequently. And what my favorite thing is, is that we can all be there hanging out, and the kids are off playing nearby somewhere, and the parents are talking, and then all of a sudden, there's just a scream. One of the kids just rings out high-pitched, blood-curdling scream, and all of the parents will freeze for a moment, listen, and then the one parent whose child it is will move, and the rest of them are like, yep, not my kid. That's not his scream. <laughs> it's almost as if parents have a superpower to be able to know the voice of their child and to react to it. It's like watching a nature documentary on following the gazelle across the African plain. There's a noise, and then all of their heads go up. And then they go back to whatever they were doing because they see that the threat has passed. But being able to assess the threat level by noise alone is pretty impressive. The parents know the voice of their child among all the other noises of life. And there aren't even any words to go along with it. It's just a scream. But they have heard that sound, that voice, so often that they know when it's the voice that they need to care for that is calling out to them. The other thing I find amazing about parenthood is how parents know the different cries of their children. If you ever see a child crying wildly and the parent is completely unfazed, they'll often say something like, that's his attention-seeking cry and I'm just not going to give in to his tiny terrorist demands. But a different cry and the same parent will react and say, oh, that's not good, I've got to go, I'll be right back. Parents can be so in tune with their children's voices that they know the different screams they produce and what each one means. To me, it just sounds like a bunch of noise, but to the sound of one heart attuned to the other, they know exactly what is needed. And it's the same in the life of a Christian. People often complain that when they ask God a question or seek his guidance, they don't feel they hear a clear answer. They say, well, why doesn't God just answer me with words? Why isn't there a voice from heaven that comes down and tells me what to do? Well, simply put, because he doesn't need to. We know the sound of our children's voices without words. And this is how we should listen to the Father. When we have a decision to make or we feel we are being inspired by the Holy Spirit, we need to be able to hear God's voice above all the other noise and the business of life. We should be able to pause, to listen, and discern, yes, this is the will of God for me. We are able to know the voice of the Father without words, but just like a parent has to spend literally hours listening to the cry of their child before they are able to pick it out in a crowd, we have to spend hours listening to the voice of the Lord in silence. The golden standard for a Catholic for listening to the voice of the Lord is one hour each day, every day. And if that scares you or makes you uncomfortable, good. That means you have somewhere to grow. But even if you only spend five minutes a day, you're still training your heart and your mind to be able to know what is the voice of the Lord versus what is your own internal voice. In the second reading from the Acts of the Apostles, Peter talks about Jesus and all the miraculous things that he does. But he qualifies his actions like healing the sick and casting out demons 
And he says, Jesus did these things because God was with him. If we listen to the will of the Father, we know what God wants us to do, and when we do it, we know that God is with us. In 1922, a baby girl was born named Gianna, born in Italy, and as a young girl, she decided that she wanted to be a doctor. In 1942, she started her medical training, and by 1950, was a pediatric specialist. She got married in 1955, and she and her husband grew their family. When she was two months pregnant with her fourth child, doctors found a tumor on her uterus. The doctors, her peers, gave her three choices. One, an abortion. Two, a complete hysterectomy, which would have also removed the child. Or three, just the removal of the tumor. For the health and safety of her unborn child, she chose the third option. After surgery, the rest of her seven months of pregnancy was still very complicated. As she closed in on her due date, she made it very clear to her family and friends what she desired. She told them, If you must choose between me and the child, please save the child. Finally, the day came and her fourth child, a beautiful baby girl, was born. Gianna Mola lived only another week before succumbing to an infection and dying in the hospital. She died knowing that God was with her. Saint Gianna Mola chose the life of her child over her own. In the year 331, in northern Africa, a baby girl was born named Monica. She had a normal life and grew up and got married, had children, and then one day heard the gospel preached to her and decided to convert. No one else in her family joined her, and her husband and two sons were actually antagonistic about her new faith. She lived a good Christian life and prayed often for their conversion. One day, unexpectedly, her husband became sick, and it was clear that he was going to die. He decided on his deathbed to convert to Christianity due to the amount of prayers that Monica had offered for him and for her example as a Christian witness throughout the years. This left her son, Augustine, the only one in her family who still wouldn't convert. So she prayed for him dearly, and after 30 years of prayer and fasting, he not only became a Christian, but then a priest, and even a bishop, known to the rest of the world now as Saint Augustine. When Saint Monica died, she knew God was with her, because she had seen God manifest his power in the lives of the ones that she loved the most. In 1831, a girl was born in France named Zélie. As she grew, she longed to enter the convent, but despite her desire to enter, they simply wouldn't accept her. She eventually married. In the next 15 years, she and her husband would have nine beautiful children. But it was not all joy for they lost three of their children at ages five, six, and six and a half weeks, all relatively within a short time. In her own words, she says, quote, I felt sorrow through and through. Life is short and full of miseries, but my faith sustains me. Zaley and her husband eventually had another child, but Zaley died when this last child of hers was only four years old. This last child of Zaley's 
would grow to become one of the greatest saints of all time, known to the world as St. Therese, the Little Flower. St. Zalie died knowing God was with her, even in the painful memories of tragedy. In the midst of tragedy and pain, God was with all of these women. And so today, Jesus is baptized by John in the Gospel. He comes up from the water and he sees the Spirit descending upon him. This is confirmed by a voice from heaven that says, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. This is the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. He is unafraid to begin preaching and calling people to repentance because he knows God, his Father, and ours is with him. We know in the scriptures that it says Jesus often went off to pray to a deserted place or spent the entire night in prayer. He knew God was with him, and yet he still chose to listen to the voice of the Father so he would continue to know what the will of God was in his life and in his ministry. Who are we if we think we are better than Jesus? To think that we can know the will of God without asking him or without taking the time in prayer to listen to him. We are truly foolish if this is the way we think. On this day, the feast of the baptism of the Lord, I exhort you, my brothers and sisters, to spend time each day, every day, in prayer. So many people come to me and say, Father, my prayer life is terrible and I just feel so distant from God. And I say, really? Well, do you try and pray at all? And they always respond, well, no, but this is why. To which I respond, well, then are you really that confused that your prayer life suffers and you feel distant from God? Brothers and sisters, we cannot expect change in our life if we never change anything. We cannot expect to know the voice of the Lord if we never listen. The only way to do this is to spend time in prayer each day. Like a parent that knows the voice of their child and knows what that child needs merely by the sound of their scream, let us attune our hearts to the voice of the Lord. Unlike children, the Lord needs nothing from us. But by knowing His voice, we will know the will of the Father in heaven. And we will know that no matter what we go through, God is with us.